The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hill knows that when we eat well, we live well. When we live well, we have rich, vibrant lives. By focusing our eating on properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods, Kelly Hill teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be. Now here's your host, Kelly Hill. Welcome to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Frequently, I hear people tell me how they are eating so healthy, including lots of tofu and soybeans. And I know that many people, especially those that don't eat animal products, feel that soy is the healthy answer to their protein needs. Well, sorry folks, soy doesn't necessarily equal eating healthy. Luckily, you don't have to just listen to me defile the name of soy today. We have with us today Dr. Kayla Daniel. Dr. Daniel earned her PhD in nutritional science and anti-aging therapies from the Union Institute and University in Cincinnati and is certified as a clinical nutritionist by the Clinical Nutrition Certificate Certification Board of the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists and Dallas. She's vice president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, a member of the Board of Directors of the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund, and received the Weston A. Price Foundation's Integrity in Science Award in 2005. But most pertinent to our question here today is Soy Healthy. Dr. Kayla Daniels, the author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. You can find more information on her website, drkaylaDaniel.com. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Daniel, and answering some questions about the health claims of soy. Thank you, Kelly. Oh, we're excited about this one because I have written many times about what my feelings are of soy, and boy, do I get some interesting hate mail from people. Um, <laughs> so let's get right to it. Um, I want to go a little bit into some of the basics of soy because originally it was a rotation crop to replenish the soil, it wasn't really a food unless it was fermented and eaten as a condiment, usually in fish broth. Am I correct with these statements? Uh, well, soy soybeans, uh, they make a wonderful rotation crop. Uh, it's been called green manure, and it's very good for helping your soil become extremely healthy. And I'm glad I had an opportunity to point that out because people are always saying, can I find something good to say about soy? And uh, that's definitely something that's wonderful about soy. Um, in terms of how much it's actually eaten traditionally, it only goes back a few thousand years in, in Asia. And that surprises people because we read all over the Internet that Asians have been eating soy, massive amounts of soy, for tens of thousands of years. And that's just not true. And the other thing is, no matter where we go in Asia, and Asia is a big continent with many different countries and many different dietary customs. But wherever we go, it's eaten as a condiment in the diet and not as a staple food. And that also surprises people. So here in the U.S., we've got the majority of people, average person, actually eating very little soy, just whatever soy they're finding in their processed packaged foods, which might be a little soy protein isolate in their tuna and some in their hamburgers from the fast food joints and so on. But we have a lot of health-conscious people who are actually eating huge amounts of soy. They're drinking soy milk all day long. They're eating soy energy bars. They're snacking on edamame as if it's popcorn. And some of those people are eating a lot of soy, and that's something that was never done traditionally anywhere on the planet. So, you know, I hear that argument. Asians eat lots of soy and have lower cancer rates. So, so let's talk about how much soy are Asians really eating? Well, really just uh, on average a tablespoon or, or so each day. And it depends. I mean, a little more in Japan and um, less in certain parts of China. But wherever you go, it's a small amount. It might be a few cubes of tofu in some miso soup. 
And with miso soup, uh, think about it. It might be a whole bowl of soup, but it's a teaspoon or two of the miso paste being stirred into the water. And half of that miso is uh, soy, and the rest is probably barley or something else as part of the miso. So we're not talking huge quantities at all. So, of course... Well, it sounds like we're also not talking about the same type of soy as we he- he- see here in America. That's a, an excellent point because the traditional soy foods in Asia would be things like natto in Japan and tofu everywhere, um, tempeh in Indonesia, uh, miso soup. Um, the natto, tempeh, and, um, and miso are old-fashioned fermented soybean products. The tofu is still a whole soy product, but it's precipitated. It's not fermented. Not quite as healthy for us, but in small quantities, not really a big deal. And what's different is um, in, in the United States and in most Western countries these days, the, the products that are being eaten are things like soy milk and um, yeah, vegetables vegetarian burgers made with soy protein and, and, and many of other products uh, using modern industrially processed soy protein ingredients. And this kind of stuff came in after World War II, never done traditionally in Asia. Now, a whole lot of people don't get the fact that uh, soy milk was not drunk traditionally. Now, you'd think because it's something you could make in your own kitchen that Asians have been drinking soy milk for thousands and thousands of years. That's what we hear all the time. But the earliest historical reference is 1877. So in terms of evolution, that's recent. Interesting. And it became popular in Asia because the Seventh-day Adventist missionaries from America, who in the 1930s started promoting the idea of of feeding people well with a lot of soy milk. So it came from America in some ways. Well, we're always so good at exporting our worst products. (laughs) (laughs) If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing, is soy really a healthy food? Currently, we're talking to Dr. Kayla Daniel, PhD in nutritional sciences and anti-aging therapies and certified clinical nutritionist, as well as the author of the book, The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. Remember, you can hear the show anywhere by downloading downloading the free mp3 from itunes or listen on my website the right nutrition so dr daniel what is the difference uh, you said old-fashioned and modern soy products or, or some version of that what's the difference well um the modern soy products that came in after world war ii they're manufactured using very industrialized processes and that involves high heat high temperature uh, chemical solvents such as hexane and uh, acid and alkaline baths and many, many other things that are really not healthy. The processes are not healthy. And in terms of the soybean, these processes, they're fast, they're profitable, but they do not remove some of the toxins and what we call anti-nutrients that appear naturally in soybeans. And the old-fashioned fermentation processes, they do eliminate most of the anti-nutrients. And that would include eliminating most of the trypsin inhibitors that inhibit our ability to digest protein, the phytates that block mineral absorption, and the oxalates and and many many of these other anti-nutrients that appear naturally in the soybean. Well, do understand that sometimes in my show, we get a little biochemistry lesson in order to really fully understand the foods that we're considering consuming. So let's talk about the digestive problems with soy. I mean, you mentioned a few of them, but let's let's explain that, if you would, please, a little better so people understand what we're talking about. Sure. Soybeans are often recommended as a really healthy plant protein. And many people say, and it's correct, that soybeans do contain all the essential amino acids, but contains all is not the same thing as saying that they contain all at the right levels and in the right ratios, because that's where it starts to fall apart. So uh, people eating soy protein also run into the problem of the fact that the soybeans contain protease inhibitors or trypsin inhibitors. And that inhibits the ability to digest that protein. And that's where you can end up with a whole lot of digestive distress. 
Now, the lucky people notice that they eat soybeans and they get a lot of digestive distress and maybe cramping and and also perhaps a whole lot of gas. And they decide soybeans are not for them and they quit. So that's that's the first kind of digestive distress we have. And then there's the whole matter of all the stress it puts the pancreas under. So what happens is if a load of protein comes in and then um, the body is not able to digest it and the enzymes that the pancreas produces to digest that protein is just not functioning because it's being inhibited, if it happens once in a while, say, let's say I go to a digest, uh, excuse me, I go to a vegetarian potluck and I have a little tofu. If it happens just here and there, the pancreas recovers from all of that overwhelm and overwork and everything's fine. But if this happens day after day, the pancreas uh, starts to develop hypertrophy and hyperplasia, you know, more cells and fatter cells. And uh, that is that is definitely a risk factor for cancer and other problems. So now this, I we have talked on the show before about the importance of soaking uh, grains, nuts, and seeds. And now it sounds to me like soaking does not disable these uh, phytates that you're talking about. Well, if you're soaking the beans and then you're fermenting them, and we're talking long-term fermenting, uh, you are going to disable a lot of those anti-nutrients. But here's the thing. If you're drinking modern soy milk or eating uh, soy energy bars or using soy shake powders, those things have not happened. So you're going to get a whole lot of the uh, digestive distressors, shall we say. So one of the reasons soy was considered healthy was um, the hypothesis that eating soy could lower a woman's estrogen level over her lifetime and then possibly reduce the risk of, of breast cancer. Can you speak to this? Yeah, soy contains uh, phytoestrogens. That means plant estrogens. And the idea is that they, they can interfere with human estrogens. Now, that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing, and that's going to vary from woman to woman. Some women can benefit from a pro-estrogenic effect, and some women can benefit from an anti-estrogenic effect. And one of the problems with eating a lot of soy products is it's very hard to know which way it's going to affect you. But what we've got is a situation where there's a lot of hormone havoc that is uh, potentially being produced. And the thing is that phytoestrogens are not identical to human estrogens, but they're close enough so that they can fool the body. And they can interfere with the manufacture of estrogen and other hormones and the utilization in the body as well. So double whammy there. Now, sometimes with some women that that could be beneficial. In other women, it's a disaster. And with guys, there's interference with testosterone and uh, feminization of our men. Well, we don't want that. Uh, well, we've been really delving into the beginnings of soy today with Dr. Kayla Daniel, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. You can get more information at drkaladaniel.com. And I do want to put out that Kayla is K-A-A-Y-L-A. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter or Facebook at The Right plan or email me at eat well to live well at the right plan. Don't forget that you can also get more information from Dr. Kayla Daniel on her Facebook and she has a YouTube channel with lots of information there as well. You can listen to this show at any point by downloading it uh, from a free MP3 from iTunes or listening on the website, therightnutritionplan.com. We'll be right back to continue this discussion about soy. You're listening to eat well to live well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way, the Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. 
all while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health. Using nutrient-dense whole foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. In this new book, Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. Better than an apple a day, an online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com Not only can you learn about new and fascinating nutritional products at TheRightNutritionPlan.com, but you can win them too. Every month, The Right Plan features a nutritional or innovative product, like the ECO Lunchbox, pumpkin seed butter and pumpkin protein powder, fudge sauce from Wax Orchards, Zorba's handcrafted raw chocolates, coconut oil, and so much more. And every month, one lucky visitor will win the product to try themselves. It's easy to enter. Just visit therightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. After you've entered the giveaway, check out some of Kelly's delicious recipes that not only will please your taste buds, but your waistline and health as well. At therightnutritionplan.com, you'll learn more about all the wonderful nutritious options that are available to you and your family. Remember, everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose in the right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com slash giveaway. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. If you have a question for Kelly, you can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now let's get back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today, we've been talking about soy and its perception as a health food with Dr. Kayla Daniel, Vice President of the Weston A. Price Foundation, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. You'll find all her information at drkaladaniel.com. So I want to hit back a little bit on this. You talked about like hormonal disruption. So could soy at least be good for uh, like a midlife woman as a hormone replacement therapy? The studies on soy and menopause are inconsistent and contradictory. And uh, mostly, mostly they indicate that it's ineffective as, as a menopausal remedy. But here's the thing. I do believe some women when they tell me that it's, it's helped them with hot flashes and so forth. But the problem is that there's a cost to that because whereas it might possibly help with menopausal symptoms, we know for sure it's going to damage the thyroid. We've got 70 years worth of studies indicating that it causes thyroid problems, thyroid distress, most often showing up as hypothyroidism, low thyroid with the 
familiar symptoms of weight gain, lethargy, malaise, and loss of libido. So we don't want to jeopardize our thyroids. No, that does, and that, I believe, if I remember right, that research, some of that dated back all the way to like the 1930s, didn't it? Yeah, it goes way back, and the studies wow. have been consistent over the years. We just keep finding out more and more, and iodine is one of the factors, certainly, but even with people who get plenty of iodine, uh, soy can still damage the thyroid. And for all the listeners who might already be on something like Armour Thyroid or Westroid or even Synthroid, uh, don't even think of eating soy at the same time as you take the meds because there's a push-pull on the thyroid that's very stressful. So I would recommend against eating the soy, but um, if you are going to do it anyway, please um, take it apart from your medication. Well, that's good to know. What about the link between accelerated brain aging, diminished cognitive abilities, and the diagnoses of Alzheimer's disease, which have basically been twice as frequent for people eating soy? Yes, that was quite an interesting study that came out, uh, part of the Honolulu Aging Study, and headlines, you know, tofu causes the incredible shrinking brain and so forth. But they did discover more senility, um, and when they did autopsies on some of the people who'd been in the study over the years, they found brain atrophy. And the soy industry sure did not like those findings. No, I'm sure. Uh, to the same, to, so let's go to that same thing. Then the FDA endorsed soy as heart healthy, even after the American Health Association or Heart Association changed their opinion in 2006 and stopped recommending soy. What in the world happened there? Well, in 1999, the FDA approved a soy prevents heart disease health claim. And, of course, this was, was a wonderful day for the soy industry. And within a year, soy sales had gone from, from under a billion a year to more than $4 billion very quickly. Uh, you know, that health claim, it inspired a whole lot of people to start buying soy protein products. Uh, so, so that was incredible for the soy industry. And a few years later, they decided to try to get the FDA to approve a soy prevents cancer health claim. Well, this ended up getting shelved, and I'm happy to say that I had something to do with that, that, that I joined some top scientists to urge the FDA not to approve that particular health claim because the research indicates Soy not only does not prevent cancer, but in some cases can accelerate the growth of cancer and even contribute to and cause cancer. So glad we stopped that. And the soy industry was really crying about that because they had anticipated jumping from $4 billion a year in sales to $8 billion within a year or so of that new health claim. So they didn't get that. Well, now, in fact... It, it's true that you it, didn't you file three protests with the FDA to stop the the soy prevents cancer health claim. Uh, yes, we did the original one and a couple follow ups, and uh, we were very blessed. Um, the FDA at that time was already under a whole lot of um, receiving a lot of controversy and criticism having to do with the Vioxx approval and all the problems and the fallout from that, they just could not afford to approve a, a bogus claim on soy and cancer at that point. Well, how did, didn't the FDA you know, look at the evidence before they approved the soy heart disease health claim? That's what you would think. And so many people have said that to me. But here's the thing. Remember, this is the same FDA that gave us Vioxx. It's given us aspartame. It's FDA that's in bed with big business. So is there any evidence that soy actually causes heart disease? Yes, there is. Uh, soy uh, has been associated with uh, heart arrhythmias and also with congestive heart failure and in women with damage to the blood vessels. Oh, my goodness. Do you think the FDA will ever retract the soy heart health claim? Well, we applied to get them to retract it. They have not yet acted on that, but we still have hopes. But maybe we're going to have to take them to court about that, and I think that's what we're working on. 
Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that, that they'll pay a little more attention. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing soy with Dr. Kayla Daniel, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. If you missed any part of the show, download the free MP3 from iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Of course, you can learn more about soy and other nutritional myths at drkaladaniel.com or her Facebook or YouTube pages. Lots of great information there. Um, we met, uh, So back in, in 2001, I was trying to follow the money trail regarding soy, and it looked to me like the FDA's endorsement was based on a meta-analysis of studies on soy and heart disease that was paid for by Protein Technologies International, which is partly owned by DuPont, which owns Soleil, that produces ingredients for garden burgers, more uh, new and Yves Veggie Cuisine. Is, is this what we're dealing with? Well, of course, there is a huge money trail uh, with, with most of these so-called health products, whether we're talking soy, whether we're talking canola oil, or any of the butter replacements. Uh, the big, big business is very much into these cheap plant proteins and cheap plant oils. Uh, the profit margin is very, very high on these. And compared to traditional foods, the traditional foods, you can't make a lot of money on it. Nobody can. Oh, my God. Well, I think we, we learned during the show on genetically modified organisms, which aired October 21st with Sandra Lee from the Institute for Responsible Technology, that basically our government doesn't always have our health as its main focus. And I think we'd all like to believe that part of the government's job is to ensure the safety of our food options, but we're definitely beginning to shine a light on the fact that that's really not their main purpose. It's not, and I think the thing we all have to understand is it's really our job personally to be responsible about what we put in our mouths and to make wise choices and not keep expecting, say, the government to protect us. We need to be looking out for ourselves. Now, I've read that the United Soybean... Uh, or, or that United Soybean, the uh, industry council, spends about $80 million every year in marketing trying to conv- convince us that soy is a natural, healthy product. I- is that true? They sure spend a lot of money on advertising. And, uh, of course, we've all been bombarded with advertising. And so many people do believe that that soy is healthy. And I've had to laugh. Um, I teach some classes on anti-aging and uh, before the class starts, I'll hear some people talking, say, in the front row, saying, I'm sure she's going to tell us we need to eat soy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm happy to say that um, they're usually glad to hear they don't need to eat soy because most people really don't like the taste, the flavor, the mouthfeel, anything like that. But um, we have to watch what's in the ads because it's probably not what's going to really benefit us. It's just... Uh, just amazing to me that this particular piece of what's been, well, as a few other products that have really been uh, vilified or brought to the forefront as these great products, and it's all a lie. Very often, a whole lot of lies out there or partial information or stretchers. What about soy as like a pharmaceutical drug? I've read a little bit about that. Is that a place for soy? Well, it could be. I mean, theoretically, if you're doing a lot of very careful monitoring and dosing, it could have some beneficial pharmaceutical effects. Uh, For example, in terms of, say, helping a woman, um, say, who might have been diagnosed with breast cancer, you know, if soy uh, isoflavins are right for her and could help her to be able to monitor it, to be able to know the right dose for her, that would be great. But that, of course, is a very different situation from telling every female child and adult that she should be drinking a whole lot of soy milk and eating soy energy bars and shakes and edamame. What people, then, are most at risk when they're, if they're choosing to eat soy? Yes, there's several populations that are at high risk, and that would include, well, the population most at risk are babies on soy infant formula, And the reason is actually pretty obvious. That's all they're eating. All they get to eat is the soy formula. 
and they're very tiny, and they're also at a very vulnerable developmental stage in terms of their, their little bodies and brains. So they are at the highest risk. And then children, uh, they're still growing. Their brains and bodies are still developing, so they're at quite high risk. And then when we get into adults, um, vegetarians are at very high risk because some of them are using soy to replace both meat and dairy. So vegans who are eating a whole lot of soy and people who are trying to do a low-carb diet and yet remain vegan or vegetarian, they're doing even more soy. And these populations are definitely at risk. Soy is such an intriguing topic, and I want to come back to soy formula, but we have to take a a quick break. Luckily, we're hearing all this great information about soy from Dr. Kayla Daniel, recipient of the Weston A. Price Foundation's Integrity in Science Award in 2005 and author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. Learn more at drkayladaniel.com. Connect with her on Facebook or YouTube. Connect with me at therightnutritionplan.com. We'll be back to continue with the fascinating topic of soy. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Here is your opportunity to create a vibrant new you. Join international radio talk show host Kelly Hill and women's natural health coach Michelle Greenman at the Vibrant New You Retreat. This retreat will empower you to make the changes you've been searching for and help lay in the foundation for living the life you want to live, the vibrant you. Located at the beautiful Ashland Springs Resort in Ashland, Oregon, this retreat will help you create a vibrant life by first constructing your perfect plan and setting your vision and creating accountability for yourself. Kelly and Michelle will help you conquer negative self-talk, find positive motivation, and teach you how to create more vibrancy in your life. The Lithia Ashland Springs Resort offers its guests free breakfast each morning, natural mineral waters with soaking tubs, and so much more. For more information about the Vibrant New You Retreat, visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat. This wonderful opportunity is only offered to a limited number of people. So visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat to reserve your seat today. Better than an apple a day, an online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition online membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online Membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way. The Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health Using Nutrient-Dense Whole Foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. This new book, Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. 
And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. This is Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. Have a question for Kelly? You can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. We continue our discussion about soy with Dr. Kayla Daniel, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. I want to go back to soy formula just a little bit because you, you mentioned it uh, just in, in passing as far as it's one of the, the you know, babies eating this is their primary thing, that huge risk from eating soy. But let's talk about what some of those risks are. I have heard, let's start with attention deficit disorder. Uh, yes, uh, we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, one of the problems with soy infant formula, besides the plant estrogens that can uh, create a whole lot of endocrine disruption for your growing little boy or girl, uh, soy infant formula contains uh, way more manganese than we would ever find in breast milk or in a, in a dairy formula. And that's not a problem later on in life, but in the first six months of life, the body's, uh, the, the little boy or girl's body and brain are, are developing. So the brain is very vulnerable and the liver is not able to detox the excess. So that manganese toxicity can lead to attention deficit disorder and other behavioral problems and even to violence and perhaps a life in crime. So I talk with several other top scientists from the University of California, Davis, and other top universities uh, to the California Public Safety Committee about that whole issue. There was some discussion about making soy infant formula illegal except by prescription. And as usual, it was discussed and nothing yet has happened. Unfortunately. Back to, back to the... The uh, government again on this one. I've also heard, thing, um, I, I can't remember, you called it a very technical night, the, the womanization of men, uh, especially young boys, by using when they've had the soy formula. Yes, um, a lot of people don't realize that right after a baby boy is born, he has a very high surge of testosterone as much as a grown man. And that testosterone surge happens then because the little boy is being programmed to go through puberty and become an adult man. So some of that programming happens right away, right after he's born. So if you've got soy infant formula in the picture and all those plant estrogens and they're interfering with the manufacture and the utilization of testosterone, that little boy is going to be feminized. And unfortunately, it's very hard to see the cause and effect because we don't start to see it in many cases until puberty. And at that point, that little boy uh, is, is not developing into a man at the, at the rate you would expect. Oh, that does not sound good. I've also read infertility as a, a potential problem from babies that have been fed soy formula. Uh, yes, uh, certainly one of the side effects you see most often as a result of soy infant formula with the guys, it's, it's the way it affects the quality and quantity of sperm. Uh, with the little girls, they are estrogenized from soy formula, and they're more likely to have premature puberty, and um, they're more likely to have menstrual problems, fertility problems, and even increased breast cancer risk. Oh, my goodness. And so is this why the Israeli Health Ministry, the French Food Agency, and the German in Institute of Risk Assessment all have issued strong warnings against soy formula as well as soy foods in general? Exactly right. And very concerned, particularly about our babies. I have to, I, you know, and I know this is probably a little bit of of a redundant question, but I have to ask, how is it that these other countries are paying attention to this, recognizing it, and 
acting on it, and and our country is not. Well, in Israel, of course, uh, uh, having children is a real priority, and they become they became acquainted with this situation because there was actually a problem with soy formula that, that had been. Uh, uh, manufactured incorrectly, uh, they hadn't added the vitamin B1, and um, several babies died from it, and others had uh, brain damage. Now, this was a manufacturing error, but because of this incident, uh, the spotlight was on soy formula, and the Israelis decided to investigate the whole the whole issue of how safe soy formula was, and uh, they definitely reported that soy infant formula should never be used except as a last resort. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that just, I mean, to me, that's amazing because you don't hear that in America. In fact, didn't the Journal of American Medical Association uh, publish a study back in, like, 2001 proving that soy formula was safe? Uh, that was a very interesting study, a very shoddy study, but it made news headlines all over the place. And in my book, The Whole Soy Story, I do go point by point through that study, just showing what a what a poor quality study it was. Well, to, okay. So see, now everybody knows that I haven't read the full book because I would, I would have known that. So I will make sure I finish it because that's, I find that a, a fascinating that some of our our largest entities are still giving us information and saying things like soy formula are great. And yet we you know, other countries are saying we're crazy, basically. <laughs> well, we're getting the word out, and more and more people are hearing about it, and thanks to you, too, you're helping Kelly, and this is what it is. It's a grassroots effort. Uh, it's up to each of us to share this information and save our babies. Well, good, and we'll do that. If you're just joining us today on Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill, we're discussing soy with Dr. Kayla Daniel. Connect with her at drkaylaDaniel.com. Kayla is K-A-A-Y-L-A. Remember, you can also connect with her on Facebook and YouTube. And you can hear the show anywhere by downloading the free MP3 from iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. So I have to ask, you mentioned really early that one of the ways many people are getting soy into their diet and may not even be aware of it, in my opinion, is that it's in 70% of our processed foods right now. Uh, How in the world did that happen? Well, for a long time, people considered soy ingredients to be inferior. Soy had a really bad image for many, many years. It was considered either a hippie food or a poverty food, such as you'd expect to get in a place like Cuba or Russia. But the soy industry did something quite brilliant. They decided that the way to give soy a better image was to make it an upscale health food. And then when rich people wanted to pay extra to have the health benefits of soy, that everybody would follow. And they've been phenomenally successful with this particular way of marketing soy. And here's the thing. Now they can put soy ingredients in just about everything, even things like canned tuna, And even people who don't consider themselves health conscious, as long as they can't taste it, their feeling is, well, I don't care. It makes it cheaper, and if it's healthy for me, too, it's all good. Well, in fact, I uh, I, I challenge anybody who says, you know, we're, we're on the far side of this. I challenge you to look up soy protein concentrate. I mean, just, just Google it. Wikipedia, I don't care. You don't even have to go to um, a, a, a what I would even call a super knowledgeable soy source, in all honesty. Just look it up. And what you'll find is alkaline solutions, high temperatures, toxins, carcinogens, um, more alkaline solutions, high pressure, heat extrusion, acid bath, added binders, gums, fats, flavors, sweeteners. I mean, I can't believe anybody's putting this into their body. They are. And, you know, it's not just soy. Soy has the reputation of being a health food, but there are so many other modern industrialized uh, products, uh, you know, things like wheat gluten and high fructose corn syrup. And I could just go on and on and on. And unfortunately, a whole lot of people are putting these horrible products into their bodies every day. Well, and I remember uh, in, in about 1970, I think it was, soy protein was ruled safe for 
being added as an ingredient in the cardboard, but they there was actually some written concern that the toxins might leach from the cardboard into the foods. But by 1975, um, we we were using it as you know they were getting rid of this kind of industrial waste product basically into our food. I mean, within I think it was just five years. Uh, in 1958, uh, the whole business of gross status came into play, and that's generally recognized as safe. And uh, soy protein got into the food supply with gross status, but at the time, it was not being used as a food. It was being used as a binder and sealer with the cardboard packaging. And then in 1979, the Select Committee on Gross Substances, known as the SCOGS Committee, they started wondering just how safe all that was and started looking into it, and they were really seriously concerned, particularly about the nitrosamines, which are carcinogens, and lysinoalanines, which are toxins. And their concern at the time was uh, how much might flake off from the cardboard box. It was inconceivable to the SCOGS committee that there would actually be this product in the box, <laughs> that it would be considered the food. And I think they're rolling in their graves. As I say, I think maybe now I should go back and start eating the cardboard. Uh, some people have, I presume. As I say, it might be safer <laughs> for us. I mean, that's just it's silly sometimes. Well, we have to take a short break. We've been talking with Dr. Kayla Daniel, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. Feel free to connect with her on Facebook or YouTube uh, and at her website, drkaladaniel.com. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter or Facebook at The Right Plan or email me at eat well to live well at The Right Plan. Don't forget, you can take me with you wherever you're headed by downloading the free mp3 from itunes or listening on my website therightnutritionplan.com we'll be back to find out if there are any healthy soy options that you can have in your diet sign up to receive similar nutrition tips weekly for free at therightnutritionplan.com you're listening to eat well to live well with me your host kelly hill Better than an apple a day? An online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition Online Membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online Membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health. Using nutrient-dense whole foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. In this new book, Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way. The Kelly Hill way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. 
you'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. You're tuned in to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. You can connect with the show by emailing Kelly at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Follow Kelly on Twitter at The Right Plan. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Today, we've been talking about the nutrition myth that soy is healthy. Next week, we'll help you kickstart your health in the new year by talking about transitioning to a sugar-free lifestyle. Margaret Floyd and Chef James Berry from Eat Naked will be here to teach us how to make the change manageable manageable, give us tips in the kitchen, and delve into the emotional and psychological aspects that occur so that you can find ultimate success in a sugar-free world. Plus, a one lucky winner during the month of December will receive their sugar-controlled detox program that starts in January. Enter for free on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Now, let's get back to soy with Dr. Kayla Daniel, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's favorite health food. For more information about this important topic, visit her site, drkaylaDaniel.com. So I, we have to get to um, probably two major things before we finish this out. And in the break, you, you were saying we, we might want to address the fun of things like tof, tof, turkey. What do they call it? Tofurkey? Tofurkey. Right? Yeah, to, I've seen tofruity and tofurkey and uh, some some very interesting um, products made to look like meat uh, that are actually made out of tofu. I'm going to take a, a wild stab at this and say I probably shouldn't be eating that. Uh, good move. We don't want we don't want soy soiling our bacon or any other good foods. No, if you don't, I have to be honest here, and this is uh, you know one of those moments that if if you're really going to not eat animal products by your choice, which I have some issues with, but okay, if you're going to do that, why in the world are you taking some weird product and making it look like a a um, animal product? Just eat the darn animal at that point. <laughs> Make it a good quality, high quality animal, though. But but yeah, no. Uh, so I, I, I must. Assuming we're just we're throwing all those out as as not foods that we should be eating. Is that correct? Uh, right, right. So, what are our choices? It, it, uh, if somebody says, "Hey, the thing is, I really like the taste of tofu," I have yet to meet that person, but I'm sure they're out there. Um, what what are their ch- choices? What how can they they put soy into their diet uh, in a healthy way if they want to? Well, people are always very surprised to learn that I actually enjoy some soy products. I enjoy miso soup very much. Uh, natto is extremely healthy for us. Now, that's definitely an acquired taste. In fact, the smell can be so bad and the texture so stringy and and the taste uh, so debatably delicious that in, in Japan they actually have special sections of restaurants, so all the natto eaters go in there by themselves. <laughs> and, but, and just... Let's explain what natto is, just if to make sure people understand, because it is a very. I wouldn't want somebody to be surprised if they decide to order that and then uh, uh, think that you know we've we've told them to go eat something. Well, it is like you say, an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste, and some people, quite frankly, love it. But it is extremely healthy and is very very high in K two vitamin K two. Now, um, the thing is, it's not coming from the soybean. It's coming from those bacteria. That's where the K2 is coming from. But it makes it a very, very nutritious product. And a little tofu once in a while, um, not a big deal. But if you're, say, having a one-pound slab of it, uh, that is eating it to excess. And especially if you do that frequently, several times a week, that, that would most likely be too often. What about tempeh? Tempeh is great. Okay, now again, we're talking about ones that have been properly fermented, correct? Right, and it's an Indonesian uh, product. Again, for many people, it's an acquired taste, but very nice in stir fries. 
And one of the things about these products is you're not likely to eat them to excess. I mean, tempeh is good, but people are not going to eat too much of it. At least that's not very likely. The same thing with natto. Um, I, I, I also think natto tastes fine, but I have to be honest, I wouldn't sit down to a big bowl of it. Uh, you know, that fermented flavor is a, a pretty strong uh, condiment. It's strong. And uh, yes, you would, you would eat a small amount of it, and that would be good for you, and that would be bad. And the problem many people get into is they think soy milk, say, is good for us. And then because of all the sugar in there and other things, it, it can become addictive for many people and the amount becomes very excessive. What about whole soybeans? Well, soybeans are, cannot be eaten unless they've been uh, processed quite a bit. You can't have raw soybeans. They're going to really be very, very rough on your system. Um, they have actually killed people. Raw soybeans are not an option. So they're going to have to be either fermented or precipitated as in tofu or industrially processed or perhaps boiled and boiled and boiled. Um, but those can still be very hard to digest and still contain a lot of toxins and anti-nutrients. So we need to pick our products very carefully, and the only ones I can really recommend are the natto and the miso and the tempeh, and a little of a whole tofu product here and there. Say, you know, if you're visiting a friend or at a vegetarian potluck, a little once in a while is fine unless you're allergic. So no edadame. Okay, a little edamame, if you're having, say, if you're at a Japanese restaurant and you have it as an appetizer, there'll be something like six pods in there, small quantity. The problem is people are buying bags of it and eating it like popcorn, and that can be excessive. So if, if we're not at a restaurant and we're going to go, I don't know, to, to a, rest, a uh, grocery store and we're going to purchase one of these products, what should we be looking for on the label? to guarantee that we're getting a healthy product? Well, if you're buying the bags of frozen edamame, the, the real issue is how much of it you're eating at a time. Uh, you know, you are going to steam it. You're going to prepare it as per the directions. But the thing is, if you're eating a whole bag of it while you're watching a movie, that is too much. Okay. What do we look for on the labels for, let's say, miso? If we're going to buy a, a container of miso, what, what should we be looking for to make sure that we're getting a, a high-quality product? Well, you want the kind that's a paste, uh, preferably in the refrigerated section of your health food store. And some of the very best brands, uh, they come packaged in glass containers. And there are some really wonderful brands, and they will be organic, non-GMO. And there are some good small companies making those products. Okay, so I know uh, that in my area, I cannot find those products. So where do you recommend people go a hunting uh, if they're if they don't live in a in a city that has that this this is going to be readily available at their lo local grocery store. Uh, well, most of the health food stores do carry them, and one can always ask. And uh, okay. I've been pretty lucky at finding them. Uh, some people living perhaps in the boonies might find it better to to order online and get get products that way. And many of us at this point are quite accustomed to doing that. Maybe we have to order our grass-fed meats and, and other products. Uh, it really depends on where you live and what your options are. So the basis is we're going to say we can eat some miso, natto, tempeh, and a little bit of uh, tofu and edamame uh, occasionally, very, very small on those pieces, as long as it's organic and non-GMO, correct? Uh, that sounds good to me. Okay, well, we've been educated today all about soy with Dr. Kayla Daniel, author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food. Learn more about everything related to soy as well as other nutrition myths at her website, drkaylaDaniel.com, and that is Kayla, K-A-A-Y-L-A, drkaylaDaniel.com, or uh connect with her on Facebook or her YouTube. Of course, her site also has, you can pick up the fabulous book, you can read her blog, and you can find answers to frequently asked nutritional questions. Thank you, Dr. Daniel, for helping us all better understand soy and where it fits into a healthy meal plan. Thank you, Kelly.
We appreciate you being here with us. Remember, you can receive similar nutrition tips each week for free by signing up at therightnutritionplan.com or become a member at therightnutritionplan.com to receive similar nutrition coaching through weekly cooking videos, recipes, articles, forums, as well as Q&A support. I want to thank Dr. Kayla Daniel again. Be sure to visit her site, drkayladaniel.com, for more information. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the MP3 at iTunes or listen on my website, therightnutritionplan.com. Next week, we'll have Eat Naked's Margaret Floyd and Chef James Berry here to teach us how to transition to a sugar-free lifestyle, because when you eat well, you live well. So join me every Monday at 2 p.m. for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Live well to eat well with Kelly Hill. You can listen to the program live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time and 5 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Everything you eat has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. 